the theme for the talk with you this morning is what does it mean to enter the stream stream entry and I would just like to give a little time to exploring this uh, theme uh, with you some of you will be familiar with uh, the concept it is one of the key concepts uh, in the Dharma and I'll endeavour to uh, uh, address it uh, uh, firstly with the stream entry just a couple of words on the uh, water element here <coughs> the Buddha was rather fond of using the elements and including the water element for uh, language of metaphor so he'll speak of us as the uh, as waves uh, in the great uh, ocean of life um, he'll use a rather poetic metaphor that to express the vulnerability of our life that we're, our life is like a dewdrop on the end of the leaf at dawn um, he'll say that just as the lake and the river and uh, the ocean and the stream and the raindrop all has one taste of uh, water so does uh, uh, liberation he'll speak of the, the ocean again having one taste uh, the taste of salt just uh, again it's the same taste of uh, liberation um, in another rather graphic uh, uh, metaphor similar to the one of the leaf to show the vulnerability our life is like spittle on the end of the tongue reminding us of our uh, impermanence as we come into this world and we, we go, go out of it so rivers, streams o oceans, water stream entry is part of this uh, uh, language which is uh, used and as he points out uh, again in the communication of the Dharma, we've just had some exploration here of uh, creativity. In the area of language, he says there are uh, teachings and discourses which um, uh, communicated uh, through clear, precise uh, teachings which appeal to reason. There's language which is used to communicate deep truths, which is poetic. There are la language which is used, which is through verse, which is through uh, the written word, through similes and metaphors and analogies. And there's a tremendous encouragement um, from the body of the teachings with language for us to be truly as creative and expressive expressive as possible to endeavour to communicate with each other the significance of calm, of clarity of uh, insight and of the truths of, of life and, and language can take many many forms and expressions for its uh, manifestation in coming as he was uh, teaching that rather prone to there's a reference and Sometimes this could be in the generality of things and sometimes it could be, as it were, in relationship to ourselves to what could appear to be four kinds of people. 
And one kind of person is a person for whom everything that happens is real. All the feelings, the thoughts, the moods, the mind state, whatever goes on, that's what's going on, and that has uh, uh, the reality to it. All the pleasures and pains, the happinesses and the unhappinesses, it's all real. This is the reality. This is my life. And there is a kind of um, unquestioning, almost loyalty or identification. This is how it is. This is how I am. There's another kind of uh, person, let's say sometimes all four are inside of us, of course, who is questioning what is reality, what is true, what is authentic, what is, what is uh, uh, meaningful. So rather than just going along with the movements and the expressions of our life and a kind of unquestioning conformity to that, we... Uh, look, we question, and we ask questions, and that hopefully is contributing to uh, inquiry, to exploration, to sharing, to awareness and meditations that we bring about some opening of our heart, opening of our mind, and to look at life in fresh ways. This is another kind of person, outwardly and uh, inwardly. Third kind of person, and the talk will uh, focus quite a lot on this, is a person who has come to some genuinely deep, not permanently, but abiding realizations in which there is no going back to the old. And this is, shall we call it, the characteristic or the mark or the sign or the signal of what is called a stream entra. And some here in the group and uh, elsewhere, whether he or she has ever heard about the Dharma or the Buddha is not an important factor. Whether she or he considers himself a religious <coughs> or a secular or a scientist is also not an important factor. But there are uh, people whose lives have been changed Sometimes, rather gradually, rather uh, uh, slowly, and who cannot recall any particular dramatic turning point in her or his life. But a shift has been made on a gradual uh, way, and that shift is one knows one cannot go back to how one was one year ago or five years ago or ten years or twenty years ago one can't go back to the old uh, there something has happened for some others it can be a real night and day shift that means there can be a real major unforgettable turning point in one's life which may have arisen through suffering, of course, but it may have arisen through happiness, it may have arisen in a meditation, going to work, being in the nature, dare I say it, on a drug, in a dream, in making love,
in reading a book that sometime for a person something shifted that the dependently arising conditions were there hardly known to us and it's had such an impact on the consciousness that things will never be the same again and they are never the same again and all of this is therefore in the gradual approach which the teachings certainly explore make great use of and in the sudden one and the Buddha's own story is a bit of a combination of gradual and sudden that something can shift inside the human being which to use the language wakes us up in which the old which was unsatisfactory unhealthy unwise unskillful or simply ultimately not going anywhere just not going anywhere of any depth or significance one knows one can't shift back to it and that move that shift that change the, the metaphorical language is entering the stream this is what is called entering uh, 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 the, uh, the stream and so sometimes in the bl- blessings of numerous conversations communications with people uh, over, over the years some people uh, say I might be giving a retreat and it happens happens regularly enough a person may well have uh, a very <coughs> impactful experience in a particular time of the retreat or in the general time let us say of the retreat or a dharma gathering or pilgrimage or whatever it might be uh, might be and the person then she or he reports you know in a one to one or small group or inquiry or wha- whatever what their experience uh, is it is because we are very much in this world that we live in what I use an English term here innocence abroad you know we're rather innocent we're living we're always living abroad we think we live in our home country but we're, we're, we're always strangers on this earth we're still trying to find out who we are you know we're, we're, we're innocence abroad and and one of the innocence that we have uh, in terms of the shift or the turning point is we may have a significant experience which happens to us. It may happen in a single moment while sitting, let us say, it's a small example. Or in a particular period of time of our life, some might run over some days or weeks. The innocence abroad with this it is rather hard to know at the time how deep this has gone. It's not easy to know. And I've had um, many conversations, and some of them rather amusing, where people have, have told me with incredible enthusiasm of their great enlightenment, their sudden realizations, their, their great liberations, and everything that the person has said to me is extremely persuasive. And, uh, and they're saying, everything I want to hear, <laughs> whatever, if I may say. And I have a kind of, it's rather crude and rather simplistic. And I say to the person, if you can say 
the same to me in a year and a day's time. I don't know where I got this year and a day from. It's probably Shakespearean or something. But if you could say the same to me in a year and a day, what you are telling me now, then I'm fairly persuaded. But in that year and a day, you can't be in any retreat center. You can't be in a monastery, and you certainly can't be in India. Uh, uh, because the culture might all hold it up together. It's when you're back in the midst of daily life, uh, and, all, and, and in the everyday, uh, uh, you still stay steady with it. It's usually, no guarantee here, but it's usually that some uh, experience, whether gradual or sudden, has, another metaphor, it's only a metaphor, gone deep. It, it touched the spot. It stays with us. It's, yeah, and the Buddha used a very strong analogy, that, not all the time, uh, but something is clear and free uh, with us, which, he says, is as obvious, this is a very strong one he uses, is ob- as obvious as light is to a person with good eyesight. We don't have any confusion about that, do we? You open your eyes, oh yeah, there's, there's, there's light and colour. It's that clear and that, uh, that uh, ob- obvious. So, this um, <coughs> language, one has to be careful with it because of the ego, I, me and my here, but the language of uh, stream entry, whether gradual or sudden, as it were, marks a turning point away from the old. And there is a knowing, as I said earlier, that one simply, we simply can't go back to the, uh, to the old, whatever that old may have been. There's been enough questioning and enough meditation and enough aware awarenesses that we may not quite know where we're going. Mm, that's something else. But one thing is we're not going back to what was. But where it's unhealthy and unskillful and unwise uh, for, uh, for us. Dharma teachings don't leave it in that kind of rather uh, vague little bit overview, but makes it very, very specific in helping to show and remind us and help us to look into what are some of the features which um, indicate and intimate to us that this kind of uh, shift uh, has, has been made. That in other words, if the consciousness has freed itself up, one of the, some of the problematic areas to quite a degree, but not perfectly as it were, have really have dropped away from us. And therefore, not only is there a greater sense of freedom in entering into the stream, but it, it is accompanied, not fully, but in, in a rather important way, with a kind of um, emotional, psychological health begins to be much more steady with us as well. In other words, there is a greater sense in life of contentment, a greater sense in life of uh, uh, happiness, and there is a re- some reduction in, not perfectly, and there's still a long way to go, of stuff in our life which previously was 
generating huge amount of problems for us. Huge amount. And uh, the Buddha uses uh, two features uh, here. He says, one who has entered the stream <coughs> cannot fall into the hell realms. You know, we could use this in the religious language, you know, etc. Et, uh, et some, some kind of one's been a nasty person and after, after death we go down into the hell, hell, hell realms, uh, etc. And, um, and, and I, I, I can recall quite a, a few years ago when a, um, one, one of the beloved, enthusiastic uh, Christian uh, missionaries I uh, met with one, and he said to me that, that um, what did he say? Um, something like um, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Satanism are all works of the devil. And I didn't disagree for a moment. <laughs> and, um, and, he, and he said, people like you, with the rather, you know, the, the accusing finger, the people like you. And, and, and all those people that you influence, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're all going to go to hell. All of you, going to, you're, you're going to go to hell. And I said, well, frankly, sir, I would rather be in hell with my friends <laughs> than end up in heaven with you. <laughs> he wasn't very appreciative, but anyway, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes we look. And, and, and hell in Dharma language uh, is referring to those um, extreme how should we describe extremely troubled states of mind which are so profoundly uh, troubled that the person with, even with good help from others cannot get out of and there are some people and they're all kind of you know, I don't want to use any of them psychiatric classifications of such kind of, uh, uh, of people, whether that's helpful or not is another uh, dialogue. But there sometimes some people's lives are in such terrible torment and terrible uh, uh, anguish there. Um, and it's a struggle f for such people just to get through the day. And this... Uh, some people's lives are besieged with a, a, a depth and a degree of hellishness, which you know, just has our hearts reaching out with concern and love and compassion. And, and uh, the Buddha says, for one who has entered the stream, still experiencing dukkha, unhappiness, still experiencing influences of times of greed, hate and delusion, etc. It's not that all of that's uh, resolved, but for the stream entrer, it is not possible to fall into that kind of hellishness that I just described. It's simply not possible. Of course the fears and the worries and the anxieties and the uncertainties and the confusions may still be arising, but not in terms of being in the hell realms, in the way that the... the, 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 the. And this is a, a feature. So practice and exploration and looking into life and looking deeply into ourselves, the, the love of awakening, the love of uh, the Dharma and its many forms and expressions, 
um, company and the, the good support of the Sangha, like-minded uh, people. All of that give consciousness a tremendous support and as I say, the, one of the signs or the mark of stream entry is not falling to the hell realms and uh, also uh, a great love and a natural sense of commitment and exploration which still continues, in fact it never, never ever stops. And that sense and love for that is a real present ongoing feature in our life. Another aspect too, which uh, accompanies the indication that we look at ourselves in relationship to this. And that, that is in the area of, uh, of uh, ethics. And uh, 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 religion and secular culture wisely and appropriately for a long, long you know, time, thousands of years now, has made every effort to constantly remind each other, though we tend to forget, uh, of the importance of ethics. And that kind of core, basic human ethic, which is an enormous challenge to us, and that is to treat other human beings without exception in the same way as we wish to be treated. That's the core ethic, the great ethic of, of, of uh, human relationship. But as we know, identification with the ideology, identification with the nation-state, and identification with the organization, whatever political, religious, secular, or whatever uh, it might be, that that identification with all of that often has brought about the placing of the ethic on the back burner. And one of the shifts, it's not an easy shift, but one of the shifts which does uh, take place is to put ethics right in the heart of life. It doesn't mean to say that you and I won't make mistakes in our relationship to our views and opinions. It doesn't mean to say that you and I won't make uh, um, mistakes in the world of giving and receiving. It won't make, or won't make mistakes in the world of uh, sexuality and love and intimacy or in speech and communication or what, what, whatever, or uh, alcohol or whatever. But the questioning and the ethic is right there. And it's so well established for the, uh, the, the, the stream uh, enterer that every time something comes out of our mouth which is feeding violence, which is encouraging uh, greed, consumerism, selfishness, uh, which um, ha has violent action in it in the way of sexual contact and sexual uh, intimacy, which is uh, 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 harmful and uh, destructive and insensitive, or when it's um, in the way that we speak language, there is that shift that has taken place uh, inside of us brings about not the immediate justification for the view but the ethic as it were is, is getting so well established inside of us that we find ourselves naturally questioning or we find ourselves in the company of others, the wise and there are many beautiful wise people in this world 
who actually encourage us to question our view so that ethic in life is really a central feature of our life and it's not being neglected nor rejected for the vested interests of ideology. And this is an extraordinary thing which is a characteristic feature of stream entry. Ethic is right in the middle of it. So it's not falling into the hell realms. The great importance and the great challenge of, uh, of, of uh, an ethic uh, in life and staying as true to it. And there's a second ethic which is equally important that uh, the Buddha uses. One, we call it at the relative level, like I just said, not treating others as we wish to be treated. It's, uh, no matter who they are, and we can hear the Iman now, just very good timing, sir, if I may say, as we speak on this uh, area of ethics. And uh, the second ethic, equally important, and to be uh, acknowledged, that it is, it's the ethic of staying true to something. This is a very strong ethic, because it, it's, there are many forces with us. We had a little touch upon this uh, uh, yesterday evening, when um, <coughs> people have ideas of what um, some people, like parents or educators or employers, about what responsibility is, or about what getting our life together uh, is. And sometimes we have to stay true to something else. And that staying true to something else may be at the expense, it may be, not necessarily, at the expense of a career. It may be at the expense of like, making a lot of money. It may be the expense of pleasing our parents. It may be at the expense of uh, becoming, becoming somebody who is very important, or whatever it, may, it might be. And so sometimes... It, the ethic uh, itself to stay true to something is part of the feature of the stream entra. And so once again, the Buddha then, with his great love of water metaphors, he can't stop them, um, says, just as a log which enters the stream or enters the river, if this log doesn't get washed up on one bank or the other. And then he's always asked, what do you mean one bank or the other? And he says, one bank is self, washed up. I, me, my, that's one side of the bank. And the other bank is washed up on other, constantly obsessing, fretting about other people. I mean, we, there are a few people around, I'm sure we know, who they, they, they don't think about themselves. They're always thinking about other people, you know, the, the, the kids and the grandkids, you know, and the, uh, and the friend and the lover and what she's doing, what he's doing, and what are they doing, and the politicians. And sometimes we get the log of our life gets washed up on other. So sometimes we're about ourselves or washed up uh, on the bank of the others, whatever, the state of the world. This is a new popular other that we can get caught up on. And he says, if we don't get washed up on one bank nor the other, the log must flow into the ocean. But to remember that the river and the ocean is water. Shares the same nature. Uh, there. Other features too. Then uh, the, the, uh, 
Dharma um, uh, teachings on uh, stream entry. And again, we have to be uh, rather vigilant because stream enterer and self, and it's to tread carefully with this, you know, the ego is always looking to, to, to have I am. So it just loves I am. So then, and then we always want to add something to it. So it's a very nice thought. Oh, I've listened to Christopher. I've read in the, what the Buddha said. Or I've read, oh, I am a stream enterer, you see. <laughs> see it has a, has a th- rather nice appeal to it if you're in the <laughs> Buddhist world a lot. And uh, the Buddha says, even the concept I am without anything else is a conceit. <laughs> Let alone adding something more to it. So, yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a lif- different sensitivities uh, required here. But then in also in the exploration of stream uh, and dream, we ha- again, we look at ourselves here, is in the area of personality. And the insights and the understandings which we may have uh, come to. And three particular areas of personality uh, 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 or inner life, we could say, are uh, attended to. And all these are uh, are specifically uh, uh, named. (laughs) And one of them is in the relationship uh, that we have to method, technique, rituals, uh, uh, ceremonies, um, and that whole variety of uh, forms. And there's a huge number of them. And, And sometimes we think, oh, by a ritual, this will purify me. So again, the Buddha... uh, refers to the, refers to the Ganga, and one has it at, uh, in uh, other religions uh, as well. So, when the Buddha was uh, woke up uh, finally after uh, six years, he then left Bodhgaya, and he made the I think it's about two hundred kilometer walk to Saranath, and Saranath is just a few kilometers, probably an hour's walk, or maybe an hour and a half walk, to Varanasi, the oldest you know, uh, town or city of pilgrimage in the world, you know, three, four thousand, five thousand years to this uh, place. So at the time of the Buddha, it was called Kashai's city, Kashai. And in fact, as you go across on the railway train today, the first railway station over the bridge coming from the east Uttar Pradesh and Bihar is Kashai and though, though the Buddha began giving the teachings in Varanasi he had no interest to go to Varanasi he had no time for what was going on there and he just went once because someone offered him some, a good meal so he went into Varanasi and he made a one line quip Do you want a quip? quip is like a comment and as they still do now, but I have to say, far fewer um, people go for the sacred dip, see, the sacred dip in the Mother Ganga, in the River Ganga, to purify themselves of their karma, of their, of their sins. And 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when I was first uh, 
down at the ga- uh, Ganga. There were thousands of them doing it. Thousands, tens of thousands. It was thick with the species taking the sacred dip uh, there. Now, you just take a boat ride down the river, you might, get, you might see 50, 100, a couple of hundred. Why? That river stinks. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so brutally polluted. And uh, nobody wants to, if you take a dip to purify yourself of your karma there, it's a, it's, it's a life-risking event <laughs> uh, 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 there. So the Buddha's comment was, if one liberated oneself from karma, karma means the unhealthy forces from the past, mm-hmm. by taking a dip in the Ganga, if that ritual, that ceremony was to, to do it, did it. He said, that means all the fish in the, ga- in the Ganga are all totally liberated <laughs> because they live in the pure water of the Ganga, for, you know, etc. And even today, though the river stinks to high heaven and it's pollution of plastic and shit and everything is there, dead bodies floating uh, around, still 300 million people in dear old India still depend on the Ganga. Yeah. Yeah. So, in other words, in this looking at the force of personality here, do we find ourselves clinging and holding on to rituals, to belief systems, to uh, um, these kind of uh, promises? Uh, if we do this, then this will come. And they spoke about this I can't remember, a year or two ago in Sarana. And as, as always, it has to happen. One Westerner, because he had some question and answers afterwards, said, well, Christopher, last year I was in Varanasi and I took with the pilgrims a dip, uh, full immersion in Mother Ganga. And I have to say, my life has been transformed since. Oh dear, oh dear. So it may well be, who am I to argue with somebody uh, 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 there? I'd somehow, um, there may be the meeting of the good man and the water and something changed. But the view and the holding to the view, if I do this, it will give this to me. Need some ex- I just feel need some looking at. Uh, there, because sometimes some of those who have done their sacred dips, I think, might need to go and do another very quick dip <laughs> from the outcome there. So, more importantly, I think, in in uh, in all of this, since the Dharma is to free us up, one of the features of uh, stream uh, uh, entry is it's not that we're rejecting all of this, but holding it all lightly. Rituals, methods, and I'm talking vipassana methods here, techniques, forms, practices, ceremonies, religious services, uh, all the views and opinions that uh, accompany that, that, that there's enough shift of consciousness, enough opening up of the consciousness, that we just cannot become a kind of missionary for it all. Simply, just can't, just can't look at it in that way. Of course, we have 
free to see the benefits, we are free to see the limitations, we are free to express the benefits, we are free to express the uh, limitations, but we can't, stream entry, can't make an ideology out of it in which says, well, this is the only way. You have to do this. And you must believe this. This view is gone. This can't hold up any longer. Life is too big and vast to that kind of clinging to the method, the technique, the form, the rigidity, the tightness, and uh, the fixations. Something has shifted inside. This is a sign of stream entry. And the, uh, an- another one, important feature, it's not an easy one. The last two are not easy at all, but uh, the, the, the three are uh, mentioned. And this is around personality. Yeah. And sometimes we look at ourselves or we look at each other. And the word personality, if I got my Latin or my Greek right, it comes from persona. And in the Shakespearean time, the, the actors would wear the mask. They would put on their personality mm-hmm. for the performance, for the play. This is the persona, the personality uh, there. And something has shifted inside of us. Hopefully well, well and uh, clearly enough that we don't, as it were give any longer too much solidity to personality. What I mean, mean, mean by that is it's very easy either with ourselves or with somebody else to say, oh, I am like this. I have this kind of personality. You know, the self is nuts at the best of times. And, or you, that's your personality. And there has been enough clarity and seeing that what is being presented in the moment which we might say, oh this person has a very kind personality we might say, this person is very very narcissistic personality, always thinking about themselves or whatever it, whatever it might be but one who has entered the stream has seen enough of impermanence clearly enough that one just can't give continuity of personality to either oneself or others. One somehow understands that the personality that expresses, so to speak, is a temporary arising. Mm -hmm. And when you and I are carrying around an idea about somebody, either approval, oh wonderful personality, I love being around this person, or disapproval, I can't stand this person's personality. Or, or, or whatever um, we're not really seeing clearly we've got the picture we've got the mark we, we, we're looking at the mask either the mask of ourself or the mask of another stream enter has seen enough impermanence that the persona the personality there isn't substantial in the way that it was and therefore it frees us up much more to look at ourselves say, well, this so-called feature of my personality is just arising in this moment, it passes, etc. This so-called feature of this person's mind and body, so we say heart, mind and body, is just arising, it's just passing. And, and therefore 
we're not carrying around this fixated view about personality. It's because it's very problematic, both for ourselves and for others. And, and something has shifted. And the last, so one, one is uh, these the, uh, the areas uh, uh, here of um, with regard to personality, not clinging to forms and rituals and, and methods and techniques. That's the second. And the third one, again, that's an easy one. We touched a little bit on this yesterday evening, and that is in the area um, of 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 trust. And the 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 sense um, um, uh, with this is that something which we may not be able to put into language here so easily, but something is registered well and clearly in such a way that the sense of freedom is really shining, beginning to shine through or come through. There is a, a sense of knowing that one, there is enough clarity and wisdom not to fall into the hell realms as I just described. There is uh, enough clarity and wisdom and the freedom that goes with it that the ethics uh, are there. One simply could not go out and kill somebody. One couldn't intentionally go out and rape or, 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 or stealing or engage in those, those kind of activities which cause so much suffering for oneself and for, uh, uh, for others. There's an ethic uh, there. The area too uh, of the non-clinging and holding lightly method formed techniques etc. Personality area, uh, too, uh, is much more open and fluid and not fixed. And the third area is trust. And the part of the trust is a sense of knowing greater sense of freedom of being and we're not besieged with doubts about it. There's just a, just a, sense, a greater sense of freedom of being. And the, the Buddha said, for the stream enterer, for one is... Uh, well established uh, in this way she or he cannot hide their faults understand faults their failings their hindrances cannot hide them that the consciousness has opened itself up enough there is enough freedom of being there's not even any interest to hide them that that openness which has come and emerged from within does allow a much more of a non-repressed, uh, non-suppressed way of uh, being and a greater confidence as well, a greater trust as well to be able to share with the Sangha and with others what's going on for us as we, like, as we do. Really be able to share that, that's a real sign of stream entry, that one can share stuff that is going on uh, for us. And the clear feature of the stream entry, one doesn't wish to justify one's stuff. <laughs> Ordinary people have always got very good reasons. Well, we have to do this, I must do this, and I had no choice, etc. Stream entry just can't buy that any longer. And so where there is 
selfishness and narcissism and fears and worries and anxieties and negativity and blame and agitation or boredom or apathy or, or whatever. The sign of stream entry is when his interest one wants to work with this. One doesn't want to go along justifying it and giving it any rationalizations. That it's it's part of the raw material for process for uh, for change. So trust is the sense of the um, knowing and realizations that come. Trust is a certain uh, validity there, and and it's a freeing us up from uh, a lot of the doubts that make our life so difficult. So th- those features of long clinging to form, changes issues around personality, um, not holding to doubts, all, all of that is part of the signal and the sign of uh, what's referred to as uh, stream entry. In the tradition, in the monastery, it is uh, actively discouraged from um, making any kind of claim which implies or states I am a steam interest. Strongly discouraged in the Vinaya rules for those who are ordained. The, the same doesn't apply to, uh, uh, to the rest of us uh, there. But what I noticed, I noticed in the monastery that, and 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 also outside of uh, uh, the, the the monastery, and people have great love and commitment and great uh, trust in the, in the Dharma and, and its exploration there. It's not in any way that one has to bring the self and stream and language to to uh, together. In other words, that. I think sometimes there are these subtleties and awarenesses and sensitivities that as we all get to know each other we begin to get a sense of where the wisdom is where the awarenesses are where where the the love uh, uh, is where the clarity is where the commitment uh, uh, is and I think just in the, the networks of people, our ability to know each other and to listen uh, to each other, I think we just kind of, I find for myself anyway, kind of gravitate um, uh, towards uh, uh, those and whose voice we love and re- respect and, and, and feel their uh, wisdom. And we learn a lot for, uh, uh, from that. And that's the kind of, mm, can be... Uh, some kind of signal or mark or to us of uh, where the, the stream enter. One is very deeply grounded in the Dharma and great, great uh, uh, appreciation and uh, love for it. And the person doesn't ever have to use this metaphorical language of I am a. One can be free to use the language, why not? And free not to have to, to uh, uh, use it. So the I mentioned it with just finally with regard to uh, speaking about it uh, uh, today. Sometimes, for some people, it can be helpful in 
just having a sense uh, with oneself of where one is coming from, where one is at this present time, and uh, what the priorities are, and and recognizing that uh, a genuine sense of uh, freedom or freedom of uh, being there is easily compatible and easily goes uh, with the clouds that arise in the mind. The sun is not lost nor shaken nor um, dissolving or going out because clouds are passing by. All right, enough. Thank you for listening. <laughs> um, it is oh, rather good timing for lunch. It's just on uh, one, o- one, uh, one, o- one o'clock. But if there are any uh, questions, just for five minutes, and then we'll have some lunch. Yes, please. What is the use of using the term? I'm sorry, I didn't catch. What, what is the use of using the term experimentally? Like there are so many traps in the time to... Yeah. It, 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 um, uh, it is, and there are quite a lot of dialogue. Uh, two or three thousand, year, two thousand years have gone on on, on on that rather important question. Um, for myself, and my, my view, I think the value uh, uh, of it is that there are changes and shifts, gradual and uh, sudden, uh, which takes place, and that the consciousness can shift in to another uh, level or depth. And there's something noble about that uh, there. And that um, sense of, uh, the, of the noble consciousness I think it can be helpful for uh, 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 people to um, to have some sense of well, what is what are the changes? What is the development which are taking place uh, there? And so I d- this morning, just tried to kind of specify specify some of them, and some um, people. Um, find that hopefully clarifying and helpful but if it's not as always with Dharma has no function nor uh, use um, and uh, no benefit having reflected on it looked into it uh, looked at one's experience with it and sees uh, no particular use just one more thing to be let go of Nothing's worth uh, clinging to, including any of these uh, uh, concepts. Yes? What would be the fourth kind? The, the fourth kind is um, a noble person mm-hmm. who is completely liberated from <coughs> problematic life, completely uh, uh, liberated, and is sharing and teaching the Dharma. The first kind, people just live, everything is real and li- live with that. Second kind is people who are questioning and exploring there. Third kind are, are the noble ones. And there's the first signal of that is called the stream enterer. 
And uh, the fourth kind is uh, fully liberated, no dark clouds, in obstructions arising, and is uh, teaching, sharing the, uh, the like Dharma. The I would be hesitate to put any kind of self <laughs> into any kind of category. <laughs> any, and sometimes all four of them <laughs> are inside of us. <laughs> you know, we 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 we've got the devil and the Dalai Lama sometimes wandering around inside. <laughs> Yes. about um, clinging to meditation or retreats for purifying our minds or cleaning our clingings or can you say a word about yes, that? Yes, sure. Uh, um, and it also and uh, uh, equally applies and everything has to be looked at very very directly we have the power of attention we have to look at and there is often uh, for some people um, some confusion and and uh, uh, in this uh, in this area and what I mean by that is all clinging has to be examined all clinging the confusion can be, is to confuse the meditation with the clinging. And some people will say, oh, every year I'm going to lots of retreats. You know, I, I do a lot of retreats. It's, yeah. And then the thought can arise, oh, um, it's an escape. Um, I'm just clinging to retreats to get some, it's become a, a, a ritual, it's become a, a method, a technique, a form, something to me to hold on to. If it is clinging, if it is clinging, as I said, that has to be looked at. The, the event called the person is leaving point A to spend seven days, one weekend, one day, etc. Five, ten, fifty, twenty times a year here, there and everywhere. In itself, the movement from A to B to meditate, let's say, A to B to go and retreat, is no indication whatsoever of clinging. No, a person must be completely, feel completely free to uh, engage with the Dharma in as many ways as one wishes. And and if a, like some uh, plenty of friends who uh, uh, I uh, in retreat centres or in monasteries who for years now go back and forward, say between India and here or Thailand and here or, or whatever it, whatever it might be, and and none of that itself says anything, and and it's foolish of us to. Um, May, because sometimes can happen either judgments about ourselves, about uh, others, in what they're expressing. If we pick up clinging, and we've confused the clinging with the meditation, 
and we say, oh, I'm not going to meditate anymore, it's just clinging. Uh, I'm not going to go to retreats before, I'm just running away from life, etc. It will only mean the clinging will move somewhere else, because one's got rid of the object, called the meditation, called the retreat, the clinging is left. <laughs> and then it will just land somewhere else. It's our task to uh, look at the clinging uh, there. It may be that the world of retreats um, has a shelf life. And sound like strawberries. You know, it's like great for a period of time. And uh, and then and then one moves to sell swear, which is fine. But let us be as clear as possible. What do we move to? What do we move to? And could it be that we're moving back into an old clinging? It could be. Or is the Dharma, that huge umbrella concept, actually now having the opportunity to be explored in fresh ways? And if we've kept that ethic, as I referred to, alive and well with us, then retreats will be a form. And there are a whole variety of other forms, both alone and with others, which uh, uh, can be explored. And we need that creative imagination, as we were listening to today, to keep that uh, vital and alive for, uh, for us there. With the constant interest that this is a teaching. Not everybody's cup of tea, but nevertheless, it's a teaching of liberation through non-clinging. Not a liberation through meditation, not a liberation through non-meditation. <laughs> yes, finally, anyone? Well, a small, uh, small point. A little bit of language here, but um, of the, uh, I think for me anyway, some subtlety. You may have heard either from the teachings or from your readings of what's referred to as the five aggregates. And five aggregates, first, rupa, vedana, sanya, samkara, vijnana. Rupa means form. And, uh, vedana, feelings. Sanya, perceptions. And samkara, formations, especially thought. Vijnana, consciousness. This is that, that. But the word rupa, form, <coughs> often we associate it just with this, you know, as body. But the, the word goes rupa, sanya, san Rupa Vedana Sanya Samkara Vinyan. There is not the self isolated from the rest. In other words, all forms. All, all, all forms. So when there is a transformation, it's not 
Um, oh, I am transformed. Did you know? <laughs> I'm in the stream. I'm drowning in it. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's not like when the Buddha speaks of. He doesn't like separate the body from the the rest. The world, life, is rupa, vedana, sanya, samkara, vinyana. Not the body and me separated from. The preciousness of this, using this language in this way that he, that he does, that with the noble ones, not only, as it were, is one trans changed, but the world is changed. It's not, oh, I'm different from you lot, or I am different from the world. When change takes place, the world looks different. The world is experienced differently. It's rupa vedana sen. So it's not we think, oh, it's just a change of mind or a change of heart. No, it's not just a change of feeling. It's a change of perception. It's a change of consciousness. It's a change of thought. It's a change of the relationship to form. Everything is changed. Quite something. The world is a different kind of place from what it used to be seen as. We change all changes. We don't change, nothing changes. Lunch. Thank you.